0: recorded live
1: scuba obsessed weekly podcast we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear to places a dive and scuba new news scuba obsessed episode 327 is recorded live may 18th 2017 welcome back to scuba obsessed i'm darren jilson coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of michigan joining me this week we have kevin ailes how are you doing today kevin
0: Darren, I am doing excellent. How about yourself?
1: I am doing much better now that we've actually got everything to working, and we are getting the show on the move. It is almost an hour and a half later than I, I'd like to be, but uh, sometimes just everything gets in the way. Um, hopefully things have been going well with, with, with you, but I have uh, my scuba vehicle uh, recently decided it didn't want to work. or Actually, it was working, but I'm sure that people... Uh, when they heard me coming down the road were pulling their kids inside out of fear uh, <laughs> the the uh transfer case and the real differential were starting to go out at the same time, and there's a nice lovely metal on metal sound, so i, well,
0: I no, that's okay we we, we get the uh, people pulling the kids in when we bring our boats down or when you know when actually just just when we get in our wetsuits, you know I mean once you've seen it, you can't unsee it so. yes
1: <laughs> yeah, there's that's a that's one of the dirty secrets about scuba diving is at some point in the process, you are standing on a hot asphalt parking lot with people trying to get to the beach and you are changing your clothes out there. Mm-hmm. Not, not changing yeah. your clothes. you're getting into a wetsuit and you're decent. I well, mean that that speedo uh, is fine,
0: decent. Yeah, but I don't know. I I, I think we don't get in any trouble because people are just like trying not to see us because they don't want to <laughs> be scarred about it. You know? So they're, you know, there's there's yeah there's that train wreck of guys over there in the in the by the boat ramp and no honey cover the kids' eyes we don't want them to see that you know yeah so, yeah
1: yeah because it, it's not like uh, we've we've got the Chippendales physique or anything and then uh, everybody knows that uh, or should realize that scuba divers we're under you know seven millimeters of neoprene or some other bi or trilaminate not a lot of sun gets down there so you've got this moment of uh, exposed skin which is pasty white
0: are you talking about bleached males
1: yes so, <laughs> which I which I think is actually a, a mammal classification
0: yeah yeah well uh, oh but yeah there's been quite a bit of diving going on uh, oh I understand the uh, SAS group has uh, been growing pretty good and they're had 22 divers out uh,
1: so SAS, that's uh that's subaquatics out of uh was that battle creek area
0: yep, out, of battle creek, out of battle creek there yep yep
1: so rick rick sass and his crew they've been getting out and they've been doing their weekly dives have started off and they're, they're getting quite to a roll
0: yeah they have a dive every wednesday throughout the uh, summertime and uh looks like uh Eric and Rob have taken over on managing it there, and uh, they've got quite the group going out. I understand? They've got 44 divers registered with the group now, and so they had 22 out last night. I, I dove with them uh, a week ago and, and had a good time. Definitely a lively group. Always go to a you know a nice dinner afterwards. You know you got divers of all different different abilities there. You got wet suitors. you got dry suitors. you got different kinds of gear. You know, lots of good people. It's, a, it's always a good time.
1: So. Well, excellent. And then I I know that uh, uh, Thursday Thursdays have started up with the Mud Club and with uh, Wolfs Marine. So you, what you can do is you can dive on Wednesday with SAS, and then Thursday come out and dive with the uh, the Mud Club. That's on the southwest side of Michigan. And uh, if you join the Facebook page, that's where a lot of the notices are, are coming in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been seeing that uh, – uh, divers Incorporated has been doing some dives as well. I can't tell you the top of my head what nights nice they are, but I know they have a uh, rebreather group, Dives uh, Prisms. They get together once a week, uh, plus they also have, uh, I think they have a second group as well. They're uh, regular uh, conventional scuba tank, open circuit kind of people too. So yeah, all, all the dive shops locally here are getting in the action, getting divers out. Uh, people are getting wet.
1: Yep. And then I believe that Pretty much every single quarry or diving location has got to be getting into their stride now. It seems to be that May 1st is that kickoff date, and uh, that will be continuing all the way through Memorial Day, when uh, that's where the people who didn't realize it was warm enough to go diving really start to get out there and diving. So if you want some good viz, uh, you probably need to be getting in there now as this weather starts to warm up.
0: Yeah, and speaking of uh, kickoffs, I believe that this weekend is the uh, meet and greet going on at Gilboa. That's Gilboa Quarry in Ohio. It goes on from uh, 19th, through, I believe, the 21st. Lots, uh, lots of folks are heading up there. We had uh, quite a few guys up there diving uh, this weekend. So, excellent. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Jim is up there, right? Uh, uh, Jim is going up there. Bob Swain's going up there. I know there's a half a dozen different people just from our group that are going over there. Um, I'm sure the other shops, who got people going up there as well. It's a pretty lively bunch going up there. It probably won't get a lot of sleeping done. But it's a <laughs> definitely an entertaining bunch up there for the uh, the Gilboa meet-and-greet, oh, 19th
1: to 21st up there. And, and meet-and-greet is a good name for it because just the collection of divers, uh, bring them from all over the Midwest, get together there and... Uh, swap stories, get some diving in, uh-huh. ruin some viz. I mean, it'll start off good, but even the good divers will hit the bottom every once in a while.
0: Yeah. There's some comments made on the meet and greet page, which I'm not going to relay about that if, there. If, but you, it's
1: better to read those directly. you to lose something in yeah, translation.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it is open water season. So, you know, uh, get out there and enjoy it. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff to see at Gilboa. Um, uh, I've been up there a few times, and they've, you know, there's planes and helicopters and cars, and uh, of course, you know, a boat or 16 up there. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they got you know a variety of depths. You know, you you can see cool stuff in 20 feet. You can see cool stuff in in uh, you know 130 over there. They've got uh, quite a few fish. I know the owners have stocked uh, an awful lot of. Like steelhead salmon in there. Well, rainbow trout too. Salmon, same thing. And you know, you can feed them. It's kind of you know makes you reminiscent of about Jaws though, because the way those fish are stalking you around there. They're kind of expecting you to feed them. Imagine the uh, divers with the uh, food packets are the main source of food in there. And um, I almost don't want to do it because of the, the way they rush you.
1: you know? yeah. so. <laughs> well, we've we've talked about that in uh, some past shows before you were on. Is that we always thought that would be a good prank to pull on people? Is that you, you get a little mesh bag, uh, come go up to the dive shop there at the the quarry and buy some of that food, and then you mm-hmm. just uh, you know attach it to the buddy who you think uh, could use a little bit of entertaining. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, you just take a pocket. I mean, it, it's fresh water, so we don't have to worry about sharks. But, uh, they're pretty close to the equivalent. Not quite as heavy, but they're certainly persistent. Oh, and then, uh, yeah. chat room, uh, uh, Rodney is saying, uh, cheese whiz in a tank valve works great, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a proverbial, proverbial diver kick me sign taped to the back here. Is, uh, Cheesewoods in the back of the tank to get the fish to go after you. Yep. Let's get a good time. Let's do uh, it. Yeah. Aaron, let's go to Gilboa, you and me. I got with. Yeah. That, that sounded really, really bad. So anyway, <laughs> next time,
1: yeah. Well, we've also got another reserve that uh, is looking for a little bit of support. We have Greensboro Scuba Refuge. Uh, they're looking at doing some improvements. The refuge is a 10-acre area of the Greens, Greenboro Greenbow? I said it burrow. It's Greenbow. So I can't even read uh, simple English. Greenbow Lake, it was designated scuba area in the Kentucky State-owned State owned state stake. God, I think I'm hungry. State-owned park. Refuge is maintained and improved by volunteers through donations and fundraising efforts. All the volunteers who are there supply their own equipment and air that is needed when performing maintenance and other improvements duties. They said one of the uh, top priorities for the volunteers provide on-site air fills for divers and improve access to the refuge to both disabled and non-disabled divers. They achieve this through purchase of a uh, scuba compressor and through construction of handicap-friendly access method. They said funds that are needed to purchase the compressors improve access in and out of the water and additional funds will be used to further involvement in the dive area. And they've got a GoFundMe site. So if you go to gofundme.com, Ford slash green bo scuba and they're hoping to raise fifteen thousand dollars to help with the efforts but any amount is appreciated and you can see they've got some people who have started donating so if you go over there and we'll put a link on uh the show notes for this episode and you can give them a little bit of money uh also it sounds like it'd be a good place to go do some diving
0: sounds like uh rodney here i think rodney is is mulanix 930 yes in the chat room saying that uh, the group you're talking about is his group. He has the volunteers. So, Yeah. Got a got a good bunch in the chat room tonight. You know, we got Eric, got Rodney, we got Nelson, of course, you and me. Uh, we've had, you know, quite a bit of banner going on before the, tar- before the show even got started here, so uh, it's looking good.
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually, I think, the chat room's even, even better than the show myself.
0: Well... Hmm, what are you saying exactly there? Hmm. I'm not, <laughs> it's it's more—it's
1: more of a self-criticism than anything else. Uh, yeah,
0: you get what you pay for. So. Yeah.
1: Unlike me, who has not been getting any diving in, uh, I understand that you've got quite a few weeks of diving that we need to catch up on. Uh, what have you been out getting? What doing?
0: Well, uh, I listened to last week's show, and I think uh, Jim did touch on the uh, Lake 16 dives we've been doing. Uh, you know, up there with Bob and group a number of times you know, had great visibility out there and been touring it a lot more. Bob, Bob and I are both breather divers and kind like of get out there and see, you know, a little bit more. And I'm, I'm still learning elastic. So I haven't been up there that much. Um, did a dive last week with the, uh, SAS bunch, had a good time, uh, kind of reinforced the whole idea that, uh, do breathers don't really design for shallow water. <laughs> I kind of, I thought that I had the skills and, uh, yeah, I've got, I got an attitude check out of it there, you know. Uh, I'm,
1: you know no. Well,
0: it's like when you – go ahead, Darren. What was that?
1: I was going to say, when you say not meant for shallow water, what's the relative shallow? Is this 20 feet and less?
0: Yeah, if, if you're under 30 feet, the uh, breather uh, kind of struggles. Well, and, and, and actually, I'm sure a lot of it is just, you know, user error because I'm quite new at it. I've got you know all about I believe 14 dives on the breather now. Um, you know I'm I'm very new at this. I'm certified and everything, and I've you know got um, you know 528 minutes with uh, Rich Sinowick over there in uh, Monroe, Monroe in Ohio, getting certified on it there. But you know it's just the the PO2 changes so much when you're in shallow water. And your buoyancy, of course, changes so much rapidly when you're in shallow water, and just the going up and going down. I was with a, a diver who was uh, about as experienced in scuba gear as I was in, in rebreather gear, and we thought we'd be a good match. But I, I needed to go deep, and he wanted to go shallow, and it just—you know—it it was entertaining. I learned a lot out of it, <laughs> but I learned no. I'm going deep, <laughs> so I gotta stay deep. So. Yeah. Uh, no, but it was, a, it was a good bunch, you know. Uh, we, you know, of course, there's always a, a watering hole afterwards, and we get we a bite afterwards at uh, I think it was latitude 42 over there. Um, always good folks, good conversation, because you know we all know that diving is not just about the dive; it's about the people. It's not about the wrecks; it's about the company, you know. And the you know the uh, SAS dives, the muddy dives. We all kind of honor that tradition and, and do quite well, I believe. So,
1: well, excellent. Yeah, uh, sounds good. Uh, any other dives you've been getting in?
0: Well, uh, see, on Monday, I was—I had a dive plan for Monday, which was canceled, and I've been watching the weather, kind of wanting to dive the Argo barge over there in Lake Erie. It just kind of, when the story came out a year and a half ago, it seemed pretty cool. Um, the Argo uh, was a uh, bulk uh, carrier barge that was being hauled illegally in 1937 from the uh, Keweenaw Peninsula over to New Jersey with a, uh, a petroleum product in it, uh, butanol, I believe is what it was. And the barge, no, they had all kinds of problems getting this thing down there. I mean, they had it overloaded for one, so it only had, from understand, about six inches of freeboard on it, uh, The barge wasn't licensed to operate in the Great Lakes. It was licensed to operate in rivers only. So there probably was a little bit of greasing with greenbacks going on from port to port up there. Uh, I know that in, I think I want to say it was October of 1937, at that point they had got as far south as Lake Erie on the way to New Jersey. Then uh, a storm came in. They hung out for a while in the... uh, Eastern end of the lake, waiting for the storm to die down. They thought the storm had died down, and they went back out into it, and the storm kicked up again, and the Argo went down. When the Argo went down, I could say it was a barge being towed by Soyuzet, or Soyuzet, it, it was a tugboat of some sort of, I believe think it was Soyuzet, it might be a Russian satellite too, I don't know. <laughs> but the uh, barge being towed by a tugboat, and it rolled over initially, and the two guys on the barge climbed to the high point on the barge just you know, so they wouldn't get lost, and the tugboat was able to circle around, pick them up, and no lives were lost, but the barge went down. They believed it went down uh, on, its, um, on its side, but actually when it was found two years ago, it was found uh, right side up. Um, people were looking for something else in the area, which out of wreck Hunter respect, I'm not going to say too much about what they're looking for, but there's, uh, of course, a lot of other projects going on for different boats in Lake Erie. And it looks like Eric has shared the link to this. Yes, very nice. Eric Roloff just found the link for, the, for this, uh, for this um, Detroit Free Press. We can actually do some scuba in the news for it, I suppose. Yeah. But the, uh, the ship was found upright and was recognized as being the Argo. At that time, the Coast Guard was notified, as was the, uh, I'm not saying Department of Environmental Quality, oh, the the EPA, because at the time, the Argo was considered the greatest potential environmental hazard in the Great Lakes. There actually are a total of five different vessels in the Great Lakes, which are considered a potential environmental disaster. Surprisingly, uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald is now number one. Prior to the Argo being found, the Argo was number one. Uh, These are vessels which have a substantial amount of some kind of a contamination product in them, be it petroleum or a hazardous cargo, um, something which, if it leaked out, would really be a a, a bad deal to the environment. Well, they got right on it and uh, hired a uh, professional dive company to go out there, and they went down and they they pumped it out and took all the uh, has the petroleum out of it? Um, it didn't make an awful lot of news. This was going on uh, December of 2015. Uh, fortunately, I guess they had a break in the weather; and they were able to get out there and take care of this and, and get it get it cleaned up. You know, there was no major loss of uh, contamination. Some sources say 10,000 gallons. Some sources say 33,000 gallons uh, is what came out of this thing. From what I understand, when initially it went down, the thing had uh, like 100 100- 190,000 gallons of petroleum when it first went down. I think it's like about 128 by 25 feet or 30 feet. Is that? Okay. trying to... I'm looking at Eric's article here. I'm trying to see what the... Yeah, okay. It's saying it had between 100,000 and 200,000 gallons of benzoyl on it initially. And it measures 120 feet by 34 feet. There you go. Um, it's found by Tom. I'm going to, sorry, Tom, I'm going to hurt your name. Not the first time, Tom Kowalczyk. And he's, uh, from clue, which is a Cleveland based underwater archaeology outfit. Looking for shipwrecks. I believe that's some, what think clue stands for Cleveland. Yeah. Underwater archaeology. There you go. But anyway, I'm getting a little off track. Um, to me, it just looked like a cool dive because it was only, uh, 48 feet of water, clearly a lot, a lot down there. Uh, I saw a presentation by Kevin McGee over Arwen underwater this spring, and uh, the numbers were visible. The GPS numbers were visible during that uh, presentation. So, uh, you know, and, and plus the numbers are actually, if you look for them, you can find them. They are, they, they, you can find them online. The, uh, but there's a lot. to see. you know, clearly it's a big ship, shallow water, a lot to see down there. And Kevin McGee also made it pretty clear that it's no longer considered a contaminant site because the first people that dove on it uh, didn't go so well for them. The, uh was a uh, commercial diver that went down there trying to find the leak on it. And apparently his dry suit valves were melted and his uh, mask was etched. And, you know, we're not talking about one of our little, you know, $80 dive shop masks. You know, we're talking about one of those $20,000 professional diving helmets, okay, <laughs> it got got etched. So,
1: that was just from uh, the contaminated uh, petroleum product?
0: Yes, yeah. Apparently wow. the, uh, the, the petroleum was such a, a harsh solvent that uh, it was, you know, still 80 years later capable of uh, melting plastic and etching glass. So pretty severe stuff.
1: Wow, and you would think that the dilution over that amount of time... Would have carried it away
0: you think you know and, and probably a lot of it had because you know this article here i'm seeing from detroit free press says between a 200,000 gallons of benzoil, but the highest recorded amount that i've seen that they took out of it was 33,000 gallons of seawater and uh, benzoil mix so yeah probably the, the vast majority of it has leaked out over the years i'm sure it was but, uh, you know, I, I just thought it'd be a cool dive to check it out. Yeah. And it, and it was, um, uh, I understand the visibility out there is usually just about a chocolate milk dive, but I know from watching wind patterns and things and the, you know, early season visibility that if there's going to be some good visibility, it's going to be this time of year. And sure enough, the weather was great for it. Went out there and almost completely flat water. Um, beautiful, beautiful day. Got out there was glass, was able to run the side scan over it, get some real nice pictures of it, uh. It was a cool dive, uh, seventeen miles offshore. <laughs> it was a ways out. Wow! Uh,
1: How long does it take on whatever boat you were on to get seventeen miles?
0: Well, I just ran it at twenty twenty two miles an hour, so it took me you know forty five minutes to get out there.
1: Oh, that that's... Good... Wow!
0: Actually, actually, it might have been a little more than that because I I had to hook around an island. There's uh, I think it's Kelly's Island it's in between. I had thought that it was only eleven miles offshore. But I guess it's 11 miles from Kelly's Island. And by the time you hook around Kelly's Island, um, when you launch, you're probably close to 19 miles each way. But it was a you know, beautiful, calm flat day. I wouldn't have gone if it wasn't. Uh, it was a uh, you know, great dive out there. Curiously enough, though, it looks as though uh, the local fishing community, uh, there are a number of nets out there. I thought they were booms from the oil, from the oil collection when the thing was leaking, but... Side scanning, though know, you can see they actually were nets. Um, I guess that area is a popular fishing area. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, although there are a lot, are a lot of fish on the wreck. So apparently the habitat's coming back, and you know most of what I saw were uh, lots of typical gobies and something small and chubby and silvery. I don't know what exactly it was. There's a lot of these small chubby silvery fish on it there.
1: Hmm. So. Now, what what depth is it at?
0: Uh, Forty eight feet to the bottom. I want to say the high point on the rack is probably right around thirty five feet. It does come substantially off the bottom. It's you know, it's resting on the bottom there. which appears to be kind of a I don't know a medium medium hard clay. I know my anchor had a lot of clay. I don't know it came up and it wasn't like the real soupy stuff. It was a it had some substance some to it. It's not settled in that much because I was able to kind of get under the bow area. Uh, you know, the bow, it's kind of, the hull is kind of built like a, you know, a flat-bottom john boat. Mm-hmm. Know, it's got, uh, kind of the
1: scoop. That. Yeah,
0: the, 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 the bow kind of has some rise to it there, not a tremendous amount, but it does have some rise to it. Um, you could see the the, the rub rails, it appears to have like wooden rub rails, two of them circling the entire boat. Um, lots of plumbing. Lots and lots of muscles. I'll tell you, the the muscles in Lake Erie are pretty thick. Uh, So much of the plumbing, you really couldn't tell where one pipe started, another one ended, just because the muscles were probably averaging, uh, you know, at least three, maybe five inches thick in places on the plumbing. Didn't seem so much on the deck, and not enough, not so much on the rub rails, which which were wooden, so you'd think they'd be all over all the rub rails, but they. But no, I'm curious if anyone else has noticed this too, but it seems like there are some boats curiously devoid of muscles in some areas. I mean, I mean we don't like, like, they don't usually, you know, get on the decks just because the decks don't have a lot of uh, current going across for them to filter feed. But then, you know, I've seen this on some, some boats out in Gull Lake and other places that maybe it's something wood is treated with, maybe it's the lead paint they painted them with back at that time, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there are some areas which are oddly muscle-free hmm. and, the muscles seemed to like the pipes on this boat more than they liked the uh, woodwork on the boat. So, huh. but, you know, it, it, it was cool. I took a lot of pictures, took lots of video. The um, pictures came out really bad. Uh, I forgot that when you're dealing with, with a lot of, a lot of particulate in the water, you really need a steady, slow hand on your camera because your camera is going to have a hard time deciding if it wants to focus on the crud or focus on the target. And as a result, most of my stills did not come out. The uh, the video, on the other hand, I'm using a, a GoPro Hero with 4K video, video came out very well,
1: and I was able to
0: crop a lot of stills out of the video.
1: Ah, so, yes. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I recommend anybody, uh, you know, to get familiar... With your uh, camera, and if it shoots in high enough resolution, just put it in video and leave it there, and then go back and crop. If you know, it, often it takes some third-party software to do a good cropping stills out of your video. But that way, you don't miss anything. And mm-hmm. yeah, my my still camera let me down pretty bad. But well, actually, I, I, I the camera—it it, was—I it was, was—I was moving too fast. I mean, it's it's a hundred and twenty-foot-long boat, right, <laughs> and. Uh, 30-minute dive, I circled it twice. Yeah, I probably going a little
1: too fast. <laughs> so, <no. laughs> but I know what you mean. Some, it's, it's interesting how that works. Uh, I've, I've, I've got a fairly nice camera that I use, and I have noticed that on that camera, if I put it in video mode, I don't get as good of, I don't get good video. But I find if I got a good video camera, I can get good stills off that. It's, uh-huh. it's interesting how that works.
0: Yeah, I think what it is is that when the uh, camera's in video mode, then it doesn't have to. Because each time you press the shutter in still mode, it has to focus for that each individual time you, you press the shutter. Mm-hmm. So when you're in video, it's like constantly focusing. So when you, you know when you're reviewing it image by image, you know like a I like think the the GoPro shoots uh, 15 frames per second in 4K. So for each second, you have 15 frames to choose from to find one that's properly in focus. And yeah, you know the GoPros aren't like a you know a multi thousand dollar um, Canon or something there, but for what you for what you pay for, they do a, a pretty pretty good job. Uh, I've, I've been pretty happy with what mine has done. So yeah, but yeah, I know I post some of the stuff on, on my Facebook, and um, I sent a bunch of it to uh, Kevin McGee over there in Cleveland. Um, I've got I don't know. So other folks have asked for some, which I'm, I'm going to, you know, usually people ask me for this stuff, but stuff I, I share, you know, uh-huh. uh, my stipulation on my uh, pictures is uh, anybody wants to show it or anything educational, uh, just just credit me, it's fine. If they, if they make money on it, then we got to talk, you know, but uh, if they're just going to, you know, show it for educational purposes, then that's fine. Show it, it's great. I, I want people to see the recs,
1: you know. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, um, there's a lot of cool stuff down there. You know, pe- people don't realize this, you know,
1: the public,
0: that no. how much there's to see down there. <laughs> it's cool. So Yeah.
1: And, and it, it's hard to visualize. I mean, I, I always like to, before I go and do a dive in a new wreck, think in my mind what it will look like. And you would think with as many wrecks as I dive, I would eventually get good at it. And it's never even close to what I think it should be. It's usually much mm-hmm. better.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know... I've seen it on some of my friends' Facebooks when they're talking about diving, and a lot of times they'll be talking about like, having a you know a superpower of how you can you can float in the water or you can breathe underwater. You no know, i I can fly
1: yeah when you're down
0: there, I mean you 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 are flying. That's the closest thing you're gonna, c- gonna find to flying without a jetpack yeah. yeah you well, can hover over wreck and, yeah.
1: yeah well and here's the thing that I love probably the absolute most about it. Is I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about any problems I've got. I'm relaxed. I'm in, in just a great place, both mentally and physically. So uh, it it's like therapy. You, you just can't beat it. It,
0: it is therapy. It's it's uh, hyd- hydrotherapy, hydrotherapy, or compression therapy, or whatever you want to call it. So.
1: Uh, two weeks ago, you are talking about getting out on Lake Michigan. Were you able to get out there at all?
0: It was not one of my better dives, but yes, I uh, went out to the Ann Arbor, and I don't know uh, Wind was out of the south that day. Uh, my my surface support was not real impressed with the conditions. <laughs> she was trying to talk me out of going down there. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, like, no, I'm here. I'm going. Uh, the Ann Arbor, if the wind is out of either the north or the south, it can be a pretty difficult hook with the anchor. It's nice if it's out of the west, which it usually is, it's not that hard to hook. But the north and south oh, and by the way, the Ann Arbor is an iron wreck. Hooking with the anchor is not gonna hurt it, at least not with my little seventeen foot boat. So I'm not damaging the wreck by hooking it with, you know, my little Danforth down there.
1: Uh, I don't I don't think there's any anchors other than maybe a giant coast guard vessel. And when I say giant, I'm talking 200 plus feet. There's mm-hmm. any, anything short of that is not dropping an anchor big enough to, I mean, you might knock a few muscles off it, but.
0: And please do. please Yes. Do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cause it's, it's, it's got, 21. it's got steel rails on it that they ran train cars. Mm-hmm. So
0: it is a pretty style. vessel. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: But no, I, that was not one of my better dives. I, I, I buoyed it. Well, I mean, I, I, I didn't buoy it. I tossed a marker at it. I had these little swim noodles with uh, a one-pound sinker on them and lots of line. And I think that the wind was strong enough that the little one-pound sinker was not enough to hold in place. So when I dropped my anchor, I ended up being uh, not that close to it. I knew what the wind direction that if I didn't see it when I got down there, it would be just to the north. So I dropped the anchor. The wind was, was out of the north-northwest at that point, yes. And I dropped the anchor and went down the line. Got I had wonderful visibility at, it's 160 feet to the bottom, and when I was 60 feet down, I could see the bottom. So I had 100-foot oh. visibility.
1: Oh, I, uh, th- th- I've I've been on that wreck with that exact same visibility, and that is probably it's not my best dive, but it's in the top ten.
0: Yeah, it it is cool. I mean, when you can see the ship, uh, I'm not sure how many of listeners have are familiar with this wreck. Right. But the number number five, yes, we talk about it quite a bit on the podcast. But it's it's a cool it's a cool wreck. Yeah. It actually speared the bottom, and the wreck is sitting at about a 60 degree angle coming off the bottom. So the uh, stern rail is the highest part on the rack, and, you know, it sits up substantially off the bottom. It's really cool on side skin take a look at this thing. Uh, you know, it's, you, there are advantages there where you, you look up and you can see these massive 12-foot propellers above you, okay? <laughs> it's, it's really cool. It's really
1: cool. It's a great. If you want a good photo op, if you're going to be in southwest Michigan, if you're not afraid, or not say not a a matter of afraid, but if you're able to go to the deepest parts of recreational diving, there's a great photo op of having those propellers behind you.
0: Well, yeah, if you have a little bit of tech experience. I think that I checked it, and the center line of the prop, is right about 125 feet, and there are there are twin props. Yes. So you you can get to the props and still be within sport depth. So I mean it's it's even even maybe even a little bit below the props within sport depth. But yeah, it's a, it's a really cool rack. Although you know it, it can be tough to hook, and it's a ways out there. You're looking at it is nine miles from the pierhead. It's six miles offshore. It's uh you know it's it, it's a pretty good haul. I can tell you that. I've used the numbers to get there that are on the uh, MSR the Michigan Shipper Research Association website, and those are good numbers. So uh, it's yeah, it's a very cool wreck. Now, if you can get out there. Um, there are some charters in the area now which are heading out there. Yep. I know that uh, Kevin Sir takes people out there from time to time, so we do have an operating charter in this area now. I want to get in touch with him. So I know Kevin Sir quite well. Good guy. He'll, he'll, he'll give you a, a good ride he will take care of you, get you safe. He's got, I think, a 27 footer, which he trailers port to port. Oh, wow. And he will take, yeah. It, it, it's a big boat. It's a modern one. It's, well, boat's not more than five years old. Can't say off the top of my head what the, what the model of it is. But it, it's fully set up. Uh, he's, uh, it, it's a six, a six pack boat. Uh-huh. And he will launch out of anywhere, I want to say, from Manistee, south, no, as far south as you want to go.
1: Um, now, now is that one? Is that an aluminum hull with dual outboards?
0: Uh, no, it's uh, fiberglass. I believe, okay. With a single inboard, I'm not sure about the powertrain, but I know it's it's a fiberglass boat.
1: Okay. So. Yeah. Well, it's good to, that there's some uh, charters out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could definitely use them around here. I know it's been kind of a kind of hit and miss in this area for charters to operate. Yeah. But I think Kevin's got the right idea with uh, covering lots of ports. I know he ran a number of charters. I think he, he's kind of attached to uh, subaquatic sports, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think if you want to do do booking with him, I think you contact subaquatic sports. I'm not quite sure how that works there. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure he can be found online. <laughs> but uh, Kevin's a good guy. He's he's also a diver. He's a tech diver. He's uh, dove most of the deeper wrecks in the area, so he knows the stories. He knows what you're going to see on them. You're going to get a really good pre-dive free dive briefing about you know, where you want to go, what you want to see down there. So, yeah, yeah Ke- Kevin's good people.
1: Yeah, and, and that's something to, to think about that's a little bit different than if you're used to doing Florida charters. If you get on one of the Florida cattle boats and they've got the, a lot of times they're like a catamaran where they're going to go out, and you, and many of those will have a dive master take you down. Uh, in the Great Lakes, we tend to be more taxis. You're going to get on the boat. But you're doing your own dive. You know, there's not a dive master or the captain. He's not going down and taking you down. Uh, it's, it's nice that this guy's uh an actual diver, but that's not, not all of them are going to be that way. And that's something to check out when you do book something. Uh, what what we're, we're trying to do is develop the dive industry on the east side of the lake so that we can have two or three charters that can make a living at it. And uh, what seems to happen is anytime you get a good dive charter, they realize they can make more money hauling fishermen out and it tends not to be any good, uh, dive charters after that.
0: Yeah. It's kind of a shame. We, we, we do have some cool racks, you know, uh, you know, the, are the art here and there, I mean, up in, you know, you've got you know, stuff, which is very historic stuff, which is, uh, quite intact, um, uh, stuff, which is in sport depth, stuff, which is, in, which is in tech depth. You know, we've got some marvelous tech dives out here as far as the, uh, Hennepin and the Ackley, um, uh, You know, very historic stories on these boats. Really cool stuff. Uh, Just, uh, it has been a bit of a challenge maintaining charters to go up to these guys, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to know how to dive the areas, you just get in contact with one of the local dive shops, and they can usually put you in contact, and if you happen to find a dive shop who says there aren't any charters, then you just need to go look for another dive shop, because there are some out here. In fact, I can't think of any of them that I know firsthand who would tell you there aren't charters, but. There are,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been kind of spotty. There have been times when we haven't had charters, but but we do have them now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And on the south side of the lake, it's it's going to be a lot easier. There's probably four or five charters operating out of Burns Harbor, Chicago area, Michigan City. Uh, As you start crawling up the east side, uh, it's going to be a little bit more limited. There are some. I mean, I know I can think of three off the top of my head, and there are also some. Uh, vessels such as the Molly V coming out of Wisconsin who, uh, if you book with them, they'll they have a couple weekends uh, in the summer where they'll be hitting South Haven I know they do the Ann Arbor 5 at least once they'll do the Iron Sides, they'll do some of those, and they and Chigo, uh Yitka that we had on I mean, they'll go all the way up uh, all throughout, you know, Lake Michigan Lake Huron, Superior
0: Yeah, take a look at her website, she does all, uh, all kinds of different charters, everything from, you know, Basic uh, open water kind of charters to uh, you know full blown tech dives on on the three hundred as, as a charter, and, and she'll take you there. Yep. So yeah, yeah so, I mean, I've seen her up on Lake Superior, and you know, yeah, and the Molly V is a thirty footer, <laughs> and, yes. and she hauls that thing all over creation. So I was amazed one day i uh, driving down West Main M forty three right in Kalamazoo. There it goes. Molly V behind her behind her Dodge going right down in forty three. So yeah, you can take that thing everywhere. So I,
1: I think I've seen her more often on the road than in the water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but but she definitely gets in the water. I mean, she's you know uh, uh, going to pre skill and all kinds of different places. So yeah, yeah she definitely gets in the water. Yep.
1: Yeah. And, and we want to hear where everybody is out diving. If you want to share where you're diving or do a shout out to a dive shop or a charter that you think's doing some excellent service, drop us a line. The show at scubaobsess.com We'll take a look at it and maybe mention it on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, also like to thank WRVO Radio for putting us on the air another year. If you like hunting, fishing, and the great outdoors, WRVO Radio has programs going on twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. You want to see more about them or figure out how you can listen, go to our website, ww.scububsess.com scroll on down to the bottom and you'll see the wrvo banner and click on that and while you're there if you think this show is at least worth a dollar why not give us a little bit of donations you can do that by uh going to our patreon account we certainly appreciate that any dollar amount will help three dollars or more will get you early access the show notes except for this week because we didn't do show notes so i don't know i a little we, we mixed it up a little bit. we'll We'll get on to a little bit more normal schedule. Uh, we'll do a poll. I'm not sure if we're going to be doing nine o'clocks or if everybody's doing a thirsty Thursday if we need to adjust the schedule a little bit. so but
0: well, but i I, I do want to thank our listeners uh, you know and our people in the chat room. you know they were quite patient in uh, hanging out for us here. We had you know, Eric stole there. We had Rodney a little while ago, and kind of poked in for a while too. So uh, thank you much for uh, hanging out for us there so appreciate it
1: Yep. and we need to thank our uh, patreon supporters who are at the dive nitrox level. We have Vanessa holmiak certainly appreciate her as being a longtime donor and here I'm I'm watching it spin.
0: It's Vanessa the mermaid correct yeah yes. she, yeah she 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 dives a lot.
1: A, a lot, a lot she does. She does a lot I, of diving.
0: I'm I'm, you know, I'm on her Facebook, and I see that, you know, I'm jealous because she, she's going out like twice a week. I mean, that, that, that is a water girl. She, she gets out there a
1: bunch. Well, uh, that, and I think she gets, I saw some stuff where she was going up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to ask her if she's taking her, her dive gear with her or not. <laughs> and then uh, also, well, uh, i, I as we're on the show, I'm getting a a, a, a Microsoft uh, a Facebook Messenger from Rich Sinewick uh, talking, and I'll get after the show. I'll I'll answer him back. So in the recording, you hear these bings. That's Rich uh, trying to get a hold of me. And if you like our podcast, you're going to love Rich's. He's on Diver Sync. Um, he actually recorded again tonight, so he'll have an episode up as well. Uh, he runs the uh, Divers Incorporated dive shops. There's at least two of them, I believe, on the east side of the state. And he is also running concession at the White Star Quarry. So if you're in the Ohio area, you might want to take a look at that. It's uh, an interesting quarry. I haven't had a chance to dive it yet. I need to. I think this is the summer. This is summer I'm going to get over there and dive White Star.
0: Well, that's where I did my training uh, back in late April for the Rebrier. And I definitely enjoyed it. I mean, we had great visibility and. Water was warming up. I think most of our water temps were upper 40s at the the coldest, and most around 50 degrees. So I'd definitely recommend a white star.
1: Yeah. Um, And I understand they got a rock crusher in the bottom of the the quarry.
0: Yeah. um, I think the deepest part of the quarry is uh, the channel. You get down there in the rock crusher pit, and, you know, it's like, I don't know, 75 feet, something like that down there. Not. No, I think quite, quite its 80 feet there, but no, it's cool. It's, uh you know, it's kind of fun. You get down there and uh, there's a bowling ball on that rock crusher, and if with your buddy, you, you know, if they don't see you do it, you pick up that bowling ball and you drop it, and in the water, how the sound carries, it'll make you, it'll make your heart just jump, and it'll, see you know, your, 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 buddy, will hope they're in a wetsuit because it's not fun to soil a dry suit. You know,
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine.
0: Hey, we got Karen Mann just joined us in the chat room. She's giving us a report on the uh, Thursday Thursday dive. Three to four muddies were in the water at Round Lake tonight. The water was seventy-two degrees. Okay, nice and bump seventy-two degree water at Round Lake. Oh, it must be a shallow lake to be that warm. Wow. So, how was the vis? She's going to send to me here. Yeah, but so look at that.
1: What like I, mean, I, I was going to say, this is like a live uh, underwater report. So if you're in a chat room, you're you're getting a, as fresh as you can on diving conditions.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say we're, we're, all, all the shops are getting uh, getting their clubs out, so everyone's everyone's getting out. Everyone's getting wet. Uh, you know, dust off dives or you know, you know get out there. You, get, you come on, folks. You got no excuse not to get out there. You know, the weather's weather's turning at least in this area. Uh, You know we haven't got uh, everything all silted up yet. Algae hasn't had a chance to grow. Visibility is not going to get any better as the year goes on. So get out there and get wet, guys. Come on, let's do it, and girls.
1: Yep. Yeah. And even if your gear, your gear's not serviced, take it in. Apologize to them. They'll they'll still service it.
0: <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I I was mowing my yard and I was like, hey, what's this over here? It's a it's a. uh Dive tank. <laughs> it tells you how long it's it's been since I've been able to get in the water, which is shameful.
0: Here, Aaron gets back to us here says uh, the lake Brown Lake is very shallow. She only got down to six feet, so she's overheated in her seven mil. Wow,
1: so. six feet. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I've ever dove around like. Now that she mentions it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, not a place I'm taking the rebreather at six feet. Thanks, I'm not going there. No. <laughs> but six, I'm sure to feel the sound. Six
1: feet, you can almost snorkel.
0: <laughs> yeah, you probably could, actually. I mean, you can you can free dive a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, we we really cater mostly to the scuba divers, but, you know, we shouldn't overlook the free divers. What the free divers are doing you know, without tanks is oh, pretty gosh. impressive. You know, yeah, you, know I mean, you see them, people getting down, no problem, down to 60, 70 feet sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. And staying, yeah, and, I mean, and, yeah. and it, the records much much more. So, yeah.
1: and, but you've you've noticed that uh, a few of us in the dive club don't have the physique of uh, uh, those free divers.
0: Yeah, it definitely is an, a very athletic sport. Yeah. you know, uh, you know I, when you see, I was just going to say,
1: so, I I get out of breath sometimes uh, just getting in the water.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you don't necessarily need to, you know, be setting the world record to be a free diver. Uh, you know, I. We dove the uh, Jenny Lynn up there Duncan Bay last summer. And, you know, I was only down like 20 feet, but it was cool. I mean, uh, the coolest part was there was lots of scuba divers down there looking at me. There was, there was a scuba diving, a fresh open water class down there. They're kind of looking at me like, hey, you know, pointing at their back like, hey, where's your tanks, dude? You forget something, man? You know, like, oh, yeah. Shoot, I'm in trouble, man. That so <laughs> was
1: cool. Okay, and here, the, the this is how great the internet is going tonight. The webpage finally loaded. So at our Dive Nitrox level, we have Andrew Hughes. Thank you for uh, being at the Dive Nitrox level, and he has been for for a little while now. And we also have Vanessa Homiac, who's probably a, one of our original supporters uh, since we started this Patreon campaign. And, uh, you know, it looks like it's going on about 10 months now that she's been helping us out and we certainly appreciate that and then we have a lot of other supporters at other levels so uh, at some point we'll have to figure out some way where we can if it's appropriate to thank them on the air since we haven't said we'd toss them under the bus and let them know that uh, they're donating uh, we'll have to wait but there's certainly a lot of people who are supporting the program and we certainly appreciate it. it helps us do what we're doing covers the cost of bandwidth and hosting and new equipment and if we get enough money we're going to be able to make that transition to the. Uh, video part of it so still working on some other ideas but you know this seems like life keeps getting in the way but uh mm-hmm. we're gonna be i able- don't know
0: that that video i'm a little scared of that i mean i've definitely got a face for radio man so i don't know <laughs> well do we what can do,
1: you you should see what we can do with video you, you see what they can do on uh instagram and snapchat where they change faces we can do the same thing with video
0: oh um, yeah we mentioned chip and delta river didn't we yeah yeah you know we, we might we might attract a whole different demographic here. There <laughs> yeah. we
1: go. Yeah, they, yeah, the people who people who are in the the vinyl, I, I, I think. They, well,
0: we're going to have to strike those comments earlier about the bleached males, though.
1: You know? <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we we may need to. Yeah. So,
0: all
1: right, cool. Okay, cool. and also something we haven't promoted in a while: go onto the website and we've got our fan map. Uh, click around some of the links and look for the fan map. I think it's in the About Us section. Uh, and, and put a pin in there and it lets everybody know where you're at and where you listen to the program. You can be anonymous if you want, or put your name in, uh, nobody's going to contact you, but at least it gives you an idea of where in the world other people are who are listening to the program. And, uh, it's cool. We'd, we'd, we'd like to get, uh, you know, every province, every state, every country, at least get one pin in the map for all those. That'd be a nice goal to be able to do before we put an end to this, this, effort we're calling the scuba obsessed netcast and if you have any comments or questions with the show again the show at scuba obsessed uh, drop us a line on facebook facebook.com forward slash obsessed we're on twitter at scuba obsessed and uh seems like i'm forgetting something It's always that that point of the show is there anything you want to plug before we get on
0: well the usual plugs uh you know be sure to support your local dive shop you know, we all like get those bargains online, but those bargains online are not going to fill your scuba tanks or service your regulators. Uh, especially recently, been really impressed with librarians. Uh, probably do some updates for you in the not too distant future. Uh, Craig Rich and I are kind of working on something here. I've been doing a lot more research up in the uh, Spring Lake area and met some you now very helpful librarians. Also. Very helpful civil servants down at the county building looking at old maps and things. You know, uh, everyone seems to think that everything you need is online, but there's so much of it which is not online, and we need these resources. So when your library, when the millages come up to help the libraries out, give them a hand. You know, we, we, we need those folks around.
1: Certainly do appreciate those librarians. The librarians are hot, at least most of them. No guarantees, but most of them are.
0: There are some very hot librarians here. Isn't, oh, yeah. Isn't I mean, that
1: surprising? I don't want to say it should be. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but, you know, it's not. It's like I. If you're going to stereotype, in your mind, you think lunch ladies and librarians, but in reality, a little bit different. Maybe it's just me getting older, but.
0: <laughs> well, it's part of you being a diver, too, you know. A, yeah. We got a reputation for a reason here, so there's a reason why that. that, that End of the night joke is never going to be rated rated PG or even yeah. PG thirteen, you know. So
1: yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, cover the ears, hide their eyes, shuttle the kids out of the room because I think it is that time of the show. Bring it on! And this one again is from Rodney. It it has an angle that I think we've done before, but you know what, Rod found it and he took a little bit of time to personalize it it actually has a few names you may recognize so without any further ado here we go four guys were on a dive trip none of them wanted a room with darren because he snored so badly they decided it wasn't fair to make one of them stay with him the whole time so they voted to take turns the first guy spends the first night in the room with darren and comes to breakfast the next morning his hair's a mess his eyes are bloodshot he says man what happened to you he said, Darren snored so loudly I just sat up and watched him all night. The next night a different guy's turn. In the morning same thing, his hair's all staying up, eyes all bloodshot. Man, what happened to you? You look awful. He said, Man, that Darren shakes the roof with his snoring. I watched him all night. The third man uh the third night was uh Mac's turn. He was tanned older diver, a man's man. The next morning he came to breakfast bright eyed and bushy tailed. Good morning, he said. They couldn't believe it. Man, what happened? He said, well, we got ready for bed, so I tucked him in, patted him on the bottom, kissed him night and the lips. Darren sat up and watched me all night.
0: <laughs> 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 all right. A little bit of redemption on that one there, Darren. There's some redemption on that one. All right. I like that. All right.
1: That's, cool. That's and, cool, and and I do warn you, I do snore, so uh, if you ever have the opportunity, <laughs> after that joke, I don't even know if I should mention. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I I tend to saw some logs too. I know my trip down to Bonterre my roomies are telling me i was lucky that i woke up that morning and not smothered with a pillow <laughs> yeah. hey, that's me.
1: So. i've had that i barely made it out of the robotic season alive
0: <laughs> okay well we're glad okay. to have you back darren
1: well, thank so. you so on that note until next time go out there and get wet
0: stay safe doing it and have a good time
1: Recording has been completed. Yay. That's going to be a short one.
0: Yeah.